got a haircut. It look nice. Look like a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we've been talking about. I don't know. It's kind of like evangelism, or it's just God won't let me leave it alone. And so I'm gonna. Uh, hopefully finish this because I'm ready to move on to other stuff, but, you know, I'm not in charge, so everybody say amen. amen. Uh, uh, talking about being fishers of men, Jesus went to the disciples and says, I'll make you, he told fishermen that I'm no longer going to let you catch fish, I want you to begin to catch people. Now, there's things we got to remember. First, we got to know that it's God's desire that people be saved. You have to know that it is God's desire that people be saved. Second, you got to be confident in the message of the gospel. I was really thinking about it. You know what saved me? It was just the gospel. I don't even remember what the preacher said. I think it was Elder Foster and, and I think uh, Bishop Haddon was there and they were preaching. I don't remember what they said. The only thing I remember is some kind of way. Somebody said something like this. They said that I was a sinner and that Jesus died for the sin that I could not fix on my own. And, 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 and it dawned on me that, okay, and I knew I was a sinner because I was pretty good at it, but, but I also didn't think I was that bad that God would send me to hell. So hearing that message has changed my life. It just, the gospel message is so powerful. And, 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 but the thing is, we don't always use it because this is what we do now. We, we say, well, I'm going to just be friendly until they get it. And it's like, or I'm gonna be nice to them, or I'm gonna be close to them, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate to them as much as I can until they, until they, hopefully they'll understand. At some point, you, you got to give them the gospel, right? Amen. So, so the gospel is powerful. Just don't forget that the, the gospel is very powerful. Next, we have to be able to pray. You have to pray because the Bible says, and I'm gonna show you a little bit. The Bible says that Satan himself has covered people's eyes so they can't see it. So you have to pray that down. Yes. You have to pray that the scales fall off of people. You have to pray that some kind of way they get they, this message can seep in, into their system. Because the, how many times you talk to people and they just let it, it just blows right past them. They, they just don't see. It's right in front of your face and you don't see that. No, I don't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I need it. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, man, I, I, I think I'm okay. Oh, here's a good one. I, I mean, I, I, I believe in God and I can do it my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so wrong. It is so wrong and it's so stupid because you don't know God. All you know is your concept of God. And your concept of God is gonna land you in trouble. So we had to remember, I remember when, when uh the Lord put me with Mark. I remember I began to pray. I pray for Mark all the time when he put me with Kimberly, Rita. I just think of all the people that I've impacted their lives, hopefully, that the first thing I did, I began to pray. You got you Holly, you gotta, you gotta begin to pray. You gotta say, okay, here's this person that you put in my life. They're in trouble, cause I'm gonna pray, and this is what I'm gonna pray. Lord, save their lives, because if I love them, I can't let them. Amen. Amen. See, one question I have too is, we gotta check our love level, because if a house was on fire, you and you love somebody, you run in there and get them out. Mm -hmm. You, 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 unless the flames was just going crazy, you would, you would try to get up in that house and get those people out of that doggone house. But here's the thing. It's like when it comes to Christianity, though, and knowing God, we're kind of like, oh, well, I hope you I hope you be saved. No, you got to have the same urgency. 
I know you've been talking to your hard-haired brother for a long time. I know your sister gets on your nerves because she just won't. I know your friend just won't take it. Now, but you have to continue to pray, continue to, I'm going to save your life. Mm -hmm. Amen, somebody? I got a few amen, that's good. And the last piece is you got to think about how the gospel reached you. How did it reach you? What changed you? See, some people were raised in church, so they were always in church, and they kind of, but at some point, the, the gospel really began to seep in, because when you go to church as a kid, you were probably made to go. And then hopefully they made it fun enough for you to stay around until some gospel got into you. Right, right? So my thing is, I, I love the kids have fun downstairs. I, I love that these people that work downstairs, you make sure you give them their credit. Every time you walk past them, they do a great, kids tell me about it. That means they're really doing a great job. But here's the thing. At some point, they have to give them kids the gospel or they're not going to stick around. Amen. You see, you, uh, man, we ran youth ministries, right? And the youth ministries, man, kids just come because they want something to do. But then you got to hit them in the stomach with the gospel uh -huh. to make them stay, to make them become adults that trust in God. So the gospel is so important. And think about what, what caught your eye. What made you change your thoughts? See, these are points I'm trying to give you because I know you've been out there fishing, but you ain't catching nothing. Mm -hmm. All right. Luke chapter 5, Auntie Eureka. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gisenaret, yep. the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. All right, here's Jesus standing by the lake. Everybody's crowding around trying to hear what this guy is talking about. Jesus was the greatest preacher of all time. Yes, he I mean, he just of all time. Jesus was the, the master speaker, and, and, and people flocked to see him. And you know why they did? Because somebody else went back and told him, you got to come see this guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the woman at the well said, hey, she went back to the town that despised her mm -hmm. and told them, you got to come see this dude. See, that's the gospel. You got to come see Jesus. At some point, you got to get, you got to introduce people to Jesus. And he's so smooth and he's so sweet. <laughs> Jesus is so solid. He's so, people just love him. When you meet Jesus, you'd be like, man, you'd be, you be like, man, it's Jesus. Oh, my God, it's Jesus. If, when I see Jesus, I'm going to be hanging on his leg so hard, they're going to get security to get me <laughs> off of him. I'm just, I'm just not going to let him go. It's like, Jesus, I always want, I know you've been in my life, and I know you've spoken to me, and I know I've even seen visions of you, but here you are. Man, I'm going to clamp hold to Jesus and never let go. <laughs> Amen. Jesus is going to be like, Could you, security. Get this dude off me, Jesus. He's like that. You got to know if you get people to meet Jesus, oh, man, it'll change their lives. Yes. So there, people are crowding in. Why? They did not have Internet. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have television. They didn't have radio. It was people going back and saying, you got to come see this dude. Yes. You telling people to come see this dude? Next verse. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen yeah. who, were fish, who were watching their so nets. So here's these fishermen that, that just pulled in. They've been, they're watching their nets, preparing to close it down for the day. Come on. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. He got into Peter's boat and asked him to pull, 
put out a little from the shore, pull out from the shore. He sat down and taught the people because there were so many people pressing. He had to get into the boat back off the shore so everybody could see him and they wouldn't be pressing on him. Yeah. Man, everybody was dying to get to Jesus. Yes. All right, all right. Come on. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now he says, okay, I'm done with this. Now Simon, who actually is Peter, I want you to take your boat out into deep water. You're going to catch some fish. I'm going to help you out for helping me out. Let me just climb in your boat. Can you imagine Jesus just climbing in your boat? <laughs> Peter, Simon's like, dude, you're in my boat. Yeah, can you push back a little bit? Yeah, okay, I don't know this guy, but I'll push back. And then Jesus says, I'm going to repay you for that. Come on. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't taught anything. But because you say so, I will let down now, the nets. Now, this is what J Simon says. He says, listen, he realized this guy is somebody, or master teacher or something. And he goes, respectfully, uh, we've been working all night and I haven't caught anything. How many of you say that? That, that I've been trying, but I just haven't caught. He says, we've been toiling all night, and then we haven't caught anything. But because you say, I'm going to continue to let down my nets. You, listen, I've say, I've, I'm not saved. I've helped people come to Jesus, a lot of folks, but I didn't a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. You ain't going to catch everybody. Amen. But if you don't continue to throw your nets, you ain't going to catch nobody. So don't let the one person who's so hard-headed you can't get discourage you from continuing to cast your nets. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was down, I was, I forgot where, I was in Texas, and we were flying back, and, and uh, no, I was in the, the meeting, and then we were, uh, I saw the guy, when we were getting on the plane, me and him ended up being on the same plane, and he says, man, Pastor Kenny, you said some compelling things in the meeting, whatever, and I'm like, really? I thought I was just making everybody mad, but anyway, and, and he goes, yeah, here's the thing I want to tell you, keep casting your nets. Amen. He says, know why our church grew so much? We kept casting our nets. Mm -hmm. Don't stop throwing your net out. Amen. And I went, wow, okay. Now, I, I will admit this. I got back and I wasn't throwing my nets out because I was too busy trying to feed the flock. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. God is saying, listen, but you got to feed the flock to help them go out to catch. You got to, Kenny, you got to tell them to help them go out there and catch fish. Mm -hmm. See, because you're not a catcher, you're a cleaner. They're the catchers and they got to go out. You have to instruct them on how to go. And you have to put it in their hearts because they don't know how urgent I am about this. Mm -hmm. Because I'm soon to return and this world is getting so darker and they're really people's only hope because people aren't turning to the church anymore. Amen. You see how it is on Easter? You can, you can get a seat easily on Easter now. Mm -hmm. You see how it is on Christmas Eve? You can easily get a seat on Christmas Eve because people don't flock into them like they used to. We're, we are the only hope for a lot of people. Amen. So when they work next to you, when they happen to be related to you, when they're friends of yours, when they're neighbors of yours, they should not have a chance if you love them. Amen. All right? And don't get discouraged if you don't care. People out here who fish, I don't fish because I don't understand it. I'm like, I'm not, I, hear, I hear it's relaxing. and I'd be stressed out if I don't catch no fish the first time. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't going to be sitting out here and I ain't catching no fish. <laughs> and so I'm not a fisherman, but what I realize it takes a lot of patience. Mm -hmm, mm 
Mm -hmm. All right, I got a few people who fished that agree. Next verse. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So when they did it, they caught so much fish at the, at the name of Jesus. Now imagine toiling all night trying to catch fish and you didn't catch anything. And you know that these waters are not producing today. And then on the word of Jesus, you can say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it one more time. That one more time might be it. That one more time might be it for your hard-haired friend who loves you and you love them, but it seems like they don't get it. You can't quit on them. Mm -hmm. They're just a tougher catch. They're, I'm sure catching a minnow is different from catching a shark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure catching a trout may be different from catching a, 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 a I don't know, salmon, Kimberly said. <laughs> so my thing is, I, th I look at them, the, the movie shows when the bears are at the brook and the fish are jumping and they're grabbing at the fish. You got you to gotta, you gotta do it one more time. That one more net casting moment might be changed their lives forever. How, I, I'm afraid. I don't want you to stand up before God and go, who did you, what did you do with the life I gave you? Well, I, just, I, kept, I was a good Christian and I took care of my family and here I am. God's going to say, what? Yeah. Not on my watch. Everybody say amen. Mm -hmm. Come on. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. So Jesus, when Jesus does something, he does it too much, don't he? When, <laughs> when, 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 if Jesus really blesses you, trust me, you're really blessed. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it don't stop. And, it, and I can see Jesus sitting there going, oh, look at all these fish. And the boat is just <laughs> right. And the fish, they're looking like, we can't catch it. Jesus goes, you said you weren't getting any. <laughs> now I got you plenty. <laughs> Not only you, everybody else gets some. Yes. Call your friends over. I got so many. Jesus could have just gave them enough fish. No, when he fed the people with the fishes and loaves, he had stuff left over. When Jesus blesses you, let me tell you something, you're truly blessed. Yes, you are. And he always gives you more. Yes. <laughs> he always gives you more. So I'm like, Lord, okay, I need $3 million, but you'll probably give me seven. <laughs> Yeah, because your auntie need one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, auntie. I got to get off this. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful Lord, you man. You got to get away from me. I'm not a sinful man. And here's when his life changes. Think of what he's saying here. I realize something. I'm a sinful man. Yes. That changes people's lives when they realize something. That even though the police aren't looking for you, and you may be a good wife or a good husband, or you may be a good father or a good mother, but you are sinful. And don't feel bad about it, because I am sinful. So Peter's life changes now. The fish is the prelude, is the, is the, is the miracle that gets him to see something, that I'm a sinful man. Yes. That's what changed my life. Unc, unc, I realized you're the only one know me before Christ. I was a sinful man. And you know why my uncle can't judge me? Because he was a sinful man. I knew him too. And <laughs> 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 he was worse than me. So, so, so I was like, so I realized that, that we, we were sinful men. 
So, so it dawned on me, man, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I, I'm a, man, I'm a sinner. And, and it's like, but I didn't kill anyone. Or, Well, I stole something when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I don't like people. Yeah, I'm kind of mean. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sinful. Mm. It dawns on you. Yes, it does. I think a lot of times we give them the lollipop. You know, God loves you and he can help you be everything you want to be. He, he can make your life better. And all that is true. But at some point in time, you have to get them to see something. Listen, dude, you ain't going to heaven. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you an easy way to get them to talk about it is ask them, you think you're going to heaven? And the majority of them are going to go, yeah. Sort of. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. yep. And then ask them the prudent question. Based on what? And this is what they're going to say. I'm not that bad. Mm -hmm. I'm not that bad. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I know worse. Everybody say man to that. Yeah. And then you have to hit them in the lower region with the gospel. Amen. Yes. You are that bad. But don't worry about it. I'm that bad too. Mm -hmm. yeah, amen, amen. Everybody say, I, I got some amens. Okay. Come on. I'm almost done with this one. Come on. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. All right. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So James and John were with them. The sons of thunder was with them. And they also became disciples. Everybody say amen. amen. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. We're done catching this fish. See, yes. uh, you've got plenty of fish. But you know what? I will make you fishers of men. Yes. Follow me, and I'll, ha I'll cause you to fish. Now, think about this. The first thing Jesus told them was to follow me, and I'll make you fishers. And the last thing Jesus told them was continue to follow me and make disciples. Yes. So the first thing he said was reach people. The last thing he said was reach people. So I, think, I would think if Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers, I would think he would say, follow me, I'll make you a better person, I'll, I'll anoint you, you'll do miracles, you'll be a great preacher, no, follow me, you'll have a great marriage, and you'll have a great life, follow me, you'll be a great, no, he says, follow me, and you'll reach people. Yes. That shows you his level of concern. Because mm -hmm. he realizes something. The Pharisees and the church isn't doing it. You're going to have to do it. Yes, yes. Verse 11 says simply this, that they dropped everything and they followed Jesus. Yes, yes. Imagine some guy you barely know, because they've met Jesus before, but you barely know him, and he says, hey, listen, okay, you've seen this fish thing? Here, this isn't what's important. What's important, follow me. He didn't promise them riches. He didn't promise them a great life. He says, follow me and you will catch people. Yes. I got to get you to catch people. See, because I'm not going, this is what happens now. And I pray this, don't let this get out to anybody, especially any of my friends, because they might think I'm talking about them. Most churches just market very well. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, they always have events. Yep. There's always something to attend, something to bring somebody to. 
I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying that a lot of churches have resorted to marketing because evangelism is a lost art. But we do realize that entertainment is important, especially in America. So what we're going to do, we're going to create all these events to get people to invite people to our events. And then hopefully they'll get entertained and they'll like it and they'll keep coming back because to be entertained because they don't want to be out in the street. They're tired of going to the bars and all. So, and then too, they got kids. We'll make the youth department really fun. Mm-hmm. really fun and really good that the kids will be like, I want to go, I want to go. And then, and then you notice how people who go to certain churches, they don't talk to you about God, they just brag about the church. Mm-hmm. Man, our youth department is this and our music department is that. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. How, how's the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's okay. So you're telling me the most important thing is just okay. Come on, you guys know you talk to people like that all the time. Mm-hmm. There's certain churches in this area, which I won't name, that it's going to come up. If they go there, they, they do a good job of promoting their church. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to just promote the church. I want you to, I want you to reach them in the name of Jesus. Yes. And I want you to get them to see something. You need to go to church, but God is really what you need. Yes, yes. Now, for family, it's going to be harder because mm-hmm. you know why? They remember you. Mm-hmm. And how, how, how are you different in three months? <laughs> I remember you were, you were cussing everybody out, you know, six months ago, and now you're Mrs. Holy, you know. Now, now you know who God is. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be harder. Prophet is not really leveled as, labeled as a prophet in his own home. That's right. So when you're dealing with relatives, especially, oh, you better do a whole lot of prayer. Yes, Jesus. Because they remember you. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So you got to learn, you got to use the right tools now. Use the right tools. Let's go, let's move. Trying to get this done. Uh, where we at? Luke chapter 15. Luke 15 and whatever I said. What? Luke 15 and uh, 1. Auntie, come on, let's push. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Now tax collectors, who are sinners, by the way. Tax, yeah, they are. I'm dealing with one right now. Tax collectors <laughs> and the sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus. Come on. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. But the church people went, why is he letting these people Hang out with him like this. Why is he eating with these people who are not godly people? Let me tell you something. If Jesus flew into Metro Airport right now, and then me and you, one of you, were going to pick him up, and we picked up Jesus from the airport, you know what he would say? He would not say, take me to church. Right. Now, he will eventually get to church, but he's not going to go there first. He's going to go, take me to where everybody's hurting. Take me to where the poor live. Take me to where those are downtrodden. Where do they hang out at? Take me for those who have been abused. Where are they? You see, see, he's not, he's going out. These are the people that I need to be around. Yes. Especially because you're not reaching them. And that's why they're not coming to church because you don't accept them. Mm hmm. Help us, Lord. Think about how conforming the American church was. The, The American, still is. The American church has come to us dressed this way, be this way. Wear your hair this way. 
Don't wear this. Do wear that. Mm-hmm. Come in and be like us. Not come in and be yourself who God made you. Come in and be like we are. Conform to us outwardly and inwardly. You, you know, we're not worried about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we all know that Christianity is what? From the inside out. Right. All right. So he's saying, listen, they, we don't understand why he's hanging out with these sinners. Come on. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Uh-huh. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until so he finds goes, it? Okay, you guys are smart. If you lost one sheep, don't you break your neck trying to go find it, even though you got 99 more? Mm-hmm. If you got 10 $20 bills in your hand and you lose one $20 bill, you don't be thinking, I got nine more. Mm, that's right. You'd be like, what the, where did that 20 go? You go. <laughs> You mean, you know, I got clothes in so many pockets. I'm like, okay, I had it somewhere. You're going to find that other 20. Nobody will say, you got nine more. Right. He's, Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to leave the, the 99 to get that one that is lost. You don't have urgency for the loss. That's what's prop. You see that they're lost, but if you lost something as simple as a sheep, and even though you got 99 more, you're still going to go find it with urgency. Yes. Come on, Auntie. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbor together and says, rejoice, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. I found my sheep. I found, oh, man, you know, I lost that 20. I found it. Thank yes. you, Lord. I'm not giving it to you, but I found <laughs> it. Now I got my other 20. Yes. <laughs> rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. Next verse. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons. This is what we got to know, that when we help someone convert to Christianity, heaven itself, heaven actually rejoices. Yes. The the heavenly host goes, oh, we got another one. Yes. Somebody who was once lost, now they're found. Thank you. We got another one. They, heaven stops whatever heaven's doing in heaven. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing up there. I want to find out. Amen. But whatever heaven is doing, they stop and they go, oh, we got another one. And then all of heaven erupts in rejoicing. Yes. <laughs> when you got saved, heaven rejoiced. Thank you, Lord. When your friend gets saved, it will rejoice. When your brother gets saved, when your sister gets yes. when your mother gets saved, it will rejoice. When, when your co-worker gets saved, when your neighbor gets saved, they will be rejoicing. you gotta, you got to sense the urgency that heaven has and the relief when someone comes to God that heaven has. Do we have that? See, I think we kind of hope they'll catch on soon. When, when the clock is ticking, man, I don't know how much more time we got. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Yes, God. So it says that heaven rejoices. Next verse. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she okay, finds that, it? Okay, there's my analogy. I, I forgot I was going here. If somebody has all these coins, I got ten coins and I lost one, they don't go, you got nine more. She says she's going to get her lamp and she's going to check the whole house. Because you know how coins, when they hit the ground, they roll. Mm-hmm, yes. Like, where'd that, where'd that quarter go? I mean, so she's like, I'm going to find this coin if I got to turn this house Upside down. You are going to know who God is if I got to turn your house upside down. I'm not going to stop till you know him if I care about you. Amen. I'm not going to stop. 
If I love you, I, I really care about you, you are going to figure this out. Yes. I don't care if you don't want to right now. Amen. I don't care if you don't even believe. I don't care if you're so stuck in religion. I don't care if you have no concept of God. The greater one is in me. And let me tell you something. My urgency for you will not let me stop. I'm going to keep casting my net until I get you. Yes. Because when I do, come on. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I, I have found, found my, my lost coin. coin. Come on. In the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Because I realized something. When you repent, man, heaven is going to erupt. And you know what also I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be building my treasure in heaven. Yes. Do you know there's rewards in heaven? Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd be happy to, to, to watch the chariots in heaven Amen. as long as I get there. I'm, I'm like, my, what's my job? I, 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 I do the vacuuming. And, and I'll do that. I don't. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I hold the door open. I don't care. Just let me in because sometimes I don't think I belong there. So just let me get to heaven. But my thing is, when we do get to heaven, there will, they will, there will be crowns and rewards, man. And I'm looking to say, Lord, I, I want to hear I did okay. And then I, I want to build up these treasures. And one way I build them up is to help heaven rejoice when someone who didn't know God now knows God because they knew me. Amen. Yes, God. There's no greater feeling of someone who gets it. You kind of get this relief. Oh, finally they get it. Thank you, Lord. I've just been praying for them, and I've just been involved with them. And, and Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that they get it. And you get this sense of relief for a few seconds, and then you're off to the next one. I had to take all, I had to put my evangelist hat back on and get back to work because there's so many people that are lost and they're not going to church. Yes not going to church. So I'm setting somebody up right now at a restaurant that I frequent. And, 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 and I'm setting her up. And I'm setting her up. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Because <laughs> I'm a fisherman. Yes. Are we done with this? I think what's next? Um, Second Corinthians. Go to Second Corinthians. Let's go. I'm, 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 I didn't even have no coffee. I don't know why I'm so juiced. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let me show you this, and I'll be done. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. He said, now listen, when you see therefore, that means everything that was said, this is why I said it. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, don't lose heart now. Don't give up. Don't get sad. Don't throw in the towel. Amen. All right? Because some of you are starting to say, I right, ain't no use. These people don't. And, and my thing is I'm saying you got to keep testing the net. And then maybe you need to change your tactics a little bit. And you got to remember, use the gospel. Use Amen. the power of the gospel. The gospel is powerful. Yes. And faith comes by hearing something. And the only way they can get that faith is that they hear it from you. And the gospel, it has power in it. God has literally put power in the gospel message of Jesus. You got to use it. Stop just being their friend until they get it. Mm -hmm. Stop being just nice to them until they understand. Stop just badgering them, telling them you need to go to church. The gospel. Mm -hmm. And if some of you say, I'm not qualified for it. Yes, you are. You don't have to be a scholar. 
All you got to know is simply this. What did Jesus do for you? Yes. Yes. He saved your life. Amen. So now when you die, and we're all going to die, you know your destiny is fixed. Mm -hmm. Not from the unreachable goal of being perfect, but from the perfect, perfect plan of God's that Christ has redeemed you back. And the blood of God has now covered you. But because of that, now you begin to try to live this life of perfection. You won't do it, but you will make a difference down here, and people will see a difference in you, and then they do the world. And a lot of times, that speaks volumes to people, seeing your life, yes. seeing you not respond or seeing you respond the way they don't. You can't work next to somebody for that long. And trust me, you're not going to save everybody. Some of you might, you might work around seven people. You might save one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that one was worth it. When I went back to my friends, I only saved one. Now they all look to me, but I only saved one. And you know that one was the one who passed away early? Mm -hmm. I thank God I, that, that the Lord caught him because he was the one that left early. Mm -hmm. These other knuckleheads, I still got time. Yeah. See, but now they realize, man, that thing you were into it, I thought that was just going to fade away or you just lost your mind for a minute. It's really you. Yeah, so now <laughs> when something happens, they're on the phone with me. Keto, man, you well, still call me Keto. Keto, man, you got to pray. <laughs> I know why, because you can't. So would you please? Now I got both, especially my two closest ones. They're, they're, they're on the hook. They're there. I like it. All I got to do is reel them in. Mm -hmm. Reel them in. Dudes, you know what this is about. Oh, yeah, COVID scared the living daylights out of both of you, didn't it? Oh, you having trouble with your marriage. And, and man, you can't even go back to work. Let me tell you about the gospel. Mm -hmm. you know what happened to me years ago when you guys thought I was crazy? I realized I was a sinner. <laughs> Took me years. Yes. We're old dudes now. We were, we were young. I'm, I'm so old now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Next verse. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. Uh, it says, we have, not, we, we have renounced our secret and shameful ways, and we do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. This is a problem with church today. Amen. With church today, we have, we have used deception Yes. Right now we use trickery. Mm -hmm. You ever seen a lot of people? They bring. I saw one church. This guy had a car rolled out on his platform, <laughs> and he was explaining how God had to. He can repair your life like the car. I'm like, wow. That's see. We like props and we like flash and we like music and and and, and it's, it's distorting the word because what we're telling people is that God is this God that's going to give you this great life. Mm -hmm. And people love it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's true. But unfortunately, I'm going to tell you also, it comes with a price. Yes, it does. It yes, comes it does. with hardship. Yes. Your life's not going to go perfect. Right. Everybody say amen. amen. How many of you know that's not a popular message? It's not. What's popular is, no, God loves you and God wants to bless your family and God wants to bless your marriage. I'm here to say your marriage might blow up because of God. Uh-huh. You know, 
you might get fired because of God. Mm-hmm. Who's going to want to go hear that? <laughs> Especially in America. Who's gonna, I don't want to hear that. So we've used deception and trickery. I, I, I've been in church and I, I'm listening to different people and, I'm go, and I go, man, dude. And they're, and they're just saying, oh, and then I was at the coffee shop and I, I had one, heard one guy say, I was sitting in my hot tub thinking about the Lord. And sitting in your hot tub. You got people out there who can't afford water. And you're talking about you sitting in your hot tub. Right, right. And, and it's like, man, I mean, we've used this trickery and we put all these smoke and mirrors over the gospel. When the gospel really is uncut. Mm-hmm. Jesus and him crucified and the blood redempt the blood of the, of the lamb has covered your sin and now God says he'll never leave nor forsake so now when life comes because it will at least you're not going it alone Amen. hallelujah somebody and more importantly when the end comes and it will because some kind of way you're coming to your end whether it's death or whether Jesus is returning then therefore you can stand before the Lord blameless and your goodness will never get you into heaven. It'll never earn you a spot. Because there's this book called the Lamb's Book. And in that book, your name has to be written in blood in that book. Amen. And by the way, if, so if you gave your child so the world could be saved and the world denied it, how would you feel? Mm-hmm. See, that's the uncut, unscripted gospel and with no smoke, no mirrors. And people don't like it. Mm-mm. And pastors are smart. They know people don't like it, so they're going, I'm not going to do that. Because pastors love telling people how many people that they have. I know so many pastors. I know some great ones around the country. And, and I'm saying most pastors always get to, well, you know, we run, you know, we run about 1,000, 1,100. Oh, we run about 600. Uh, oh, we can, we're, we're running about 450 a service because we got three services. They love it. Mm-hmm. See, it makes us feel like we're winning, and it makes us feel like we're running a good company. It makes us feel like we're, we, we've done something. We've That's why a lot of times pastors now, this is what they're doing. They start off being teachers of the word, then they drift into politics, or they drift into music. or they, See, they start to think, I won this, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is one of the highest callings you can ever have. And yeah. I don't want to go into politics because you've got to lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Somebody asked me, kid, did you ever think about sitting on the board at Emily? First of all, I don't like Emily. And then second, I don't want to be on the board. I'm a preacher. A broke one on top of that. <laughs> no, I, I'm not trying to do that. I mean, my, my, so my thing is, man, I'm not trying to use smoke and mirrors, and nobody will stand up here is going to use that either. Right. It's just the gospel. The gospel is strong enough. Everybody say amen. Yes. Come on, come on, I got to get done. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So this is what we do. We set forth the truth plainly. Everybody. And, 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 and so we can commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So we can get the word out to people and let their conscience divide this thing and decide about God or not. Yes. Next verse. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now it says, now, if our gospel is hidden, it's hidden to those who can't see it. They're blinded. 
That's what the veil is. Pulling the veil down. Next verse. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And because it's blind, Satan has blinded those people you're talking to and they just don't get it, Satan has blinded them. He keeps a veil over their face so they can't see it. Some of them just are hard-headed or they're hard-headed because Amen. Satan don't want you to get them. He don't want to let them go. Think about it. Satan had to let all of you go and he's mad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like it. Remember how God and Job, he had a conversation with God about Job. Satan already knew about Job. Why? I lost him. Mm-hmm. He's not with me. He's with you. Mm-hmm. So God and Satan is saying that about all of you. They're not with me. They're with you. Mm-hmm. He hates you. Yes, he does. So therefore, he hates the people that he has also. And he loves keeping them in blindness. Mm-hmm. And then here you come with the gospel. He goes, no, I'm going to make it even worse. I'm going to darken it even worse. So that means that we have to pray. Yes. They can't see the gospel of Christ. We have to pray for them. They cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They can't receive the gospel because you haven't prayed hard enough. Yes. Lord, you got to get Mark to see this. Lord, you got to get Kimberly to see this. Lord, you got to get Holly to see this. You got to get people, you got to get people to see this. Yeah. You got to get people to see what I see. You got to help me rip that curtain from in front of their eyes so that they can see the light of the gospel. Yes. And you that should be your first prayer and your last prayer. Another prayer I pray when I leave the house is, Lord, give me an opportunity. If somebody's and I, I get an opportunity at a store, at a gas station, I don't care. My, 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 my mind is always open to an opportunity. Amen. You have to pray for opportunities Amen. to share the gospel. Yes. Then God would do crazy stuff like send you somewhere and someone would be right there next to you and go, hey, you ever thought about Jesus? And they go, yes, I was thinking about him. You, you do that in some kind of way. God will send someone from China and then you have Amen. to, see, see what I'm saying is you have to pray it. Mm-hmm. Pray for your brother, pray for your mother. Pray for your father constantly. What? That Satan will stop closing their eyes to the gospel. Come on. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants. See, what we preach, we're not talking about just about us and how our life has changed and how God, what God has just did for us only. We're, we're not talking about just, just how church has made ourselves, meaning the, 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 the structure of church has made this big difference. We're, we're talking about Christ himself. Yes. Christ as Lord. And if you want to know about me, I'm just a servant. Amen. <laughs> I heard this other preacher go, I was looking at this, this lecture, and he goes, man, I never tell people that I'm a preacher. And I went, thank you. I hate it because they get so weird. I, I'd rather come at them just as a guy who knows God. Yes, yes. And, it, and it, see, when you come at it as, as a preacher who knows God, it's just, you know, either, and they may have bad ideas about preacher, or they may put you up too high, but if I come as just this dude, See, they receive it a little better. It's never about me. It's always about Jesus. Yes. There's power in the gospel. 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what's the process? Love, prayer, the gospel. Love sparks. Prayer establishes that and begins to pick at that thing to get you to get in there. And then the gospel. That's why I call it fishermen, because some fishermen, they take their nets, they cast, they, they roll back in, they scoop up. Or you may throw a lure, line in with a bait, and then you lure. Patience, definitely determination. You will catch. Realizing something, man, I might be your only hope. Because if Jesus comes back today, you're toasted. I, I know I love you dearly, and I think you're a great person. But we all know that that will never get anyone in heaven. Never. It's not going to get you there. I, now you go, man, I love my friend. She's so great, and she's such a great person. She's so loving and so caring. You know that's not going to get her to heaven. Oh, my, my, I love, when, oh, not love it, but I, when you do funerals, man, and you know the person didn't know the Lord. You have all the family members coming up. She really was great, and she really did get baptized. And I go, that's great. I don't burst their bubble, but I'm thinking, that don't mean nothing. Mm, all right. She was baptized when she was three years old. That really don't mean nothing. I don't tell them that. Right. Not the time. But I'm saying that's the way people think. No, my loved one can't go to hell. Yes, they can. Your mother is going to hell. Your father's going to hell. Your brother's going to hell. Yep. And Julian would be like, that hell's a bad word. No, it's not. It's a place. Amen. It's a place people go. And that's not the last place. That's just the holding tank. Because yep. the real place they're going to end up is the lake. And that's worse. Yes. So therefore, you better be telling people, son... Don't say it in school, you get kicked out. But, uh, <laughs> but you got to tell them Amen. Jesus is their only salvation. Amen. Now, it seems so exclusive that, you know, that's the only way. I mean, really? But think about how inclusive it is. It accepts everyone. Yes. Something Mike said last week, it don't cost you anything to praise the Lord. Yes. It don't cost you anything to make a prayer. It don't cost you anything to come to salvation Hallelujah. other than your life. But the beauty of it is if you, if you give your life, then your life actually is the way that God planned it from the beginning. Yes. Now you can start living your life not on your own, not making your own mistakes. Not you can start living your life not in the darkness like you've been doing, but now in this marvelous light. And you mean my life is going to be better? Yes, that means nothing's going to go wrong. No, plenty is going to go wrong. Right. But let me tell you something. It was going to go wrong anyway. Yes. Yes. So better it goes wrong with the healer. My brother was going to go down anyway. So better he went down with the healer. Yes. See, situation was going to come anyway. So better it came with the Savior on your Hallelujah. Yes. See what I'm saying? That's the gospel. Not being their friend until they get it. I'm not doing no bunch of events to invite people. No, we're going to do this the old-fashioned way. We're going to go out into the world and preach and make disciples of men and women and children. We're going to do it the old-fashioned way. We're going to fish. 
And the beauty of it is not so I can say, oh, we, oh, we run about, you know, two, 300. I, don't, I never tell people. People think I'm pastor this. When I go on a road, Mike will tell you, they think I pastor this big old church somewhere, and I'm, I laugh. <laughs> Most churches I go to are way bigger than ours. And they think, oh, he, oh he's this boy, pastor from Michigan, and he's got this great church in Michigan. I do. Amen. But it's only a few of us. Because there's only really a few disciples. But this is good ground. You guys, you guys have made this good ground. Anybody who comes here, you guys make sure they're loved. Anybody who comes here, you make sure they're prayed for. Anybody who comes here and bring their children, you make sure they're cared for and they're taught. This is good ground. We don't steal your money. Amen. This is good ground. It really is. Spite me. I know I'm crazy and I'm loud and I fuss all the time, but, it, but it's like, man, this is really good ground. You make this good ground. So plant. Plant. You know these people out here got no roots <laughs> nowhere. Plant. People call into the station all the time. And I then I thank God for Smile FM. Amen. I'll tell you something. Still Smile FM guys are, are really blessing people. Amen. Well, I hear it every day. They really are. And I'm saying what they're doing is they're planting seeds. Now, I'm trying to get them to go plug in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to church. So they'd rather listen to the radio, which is great, but it, and that catches them, but then I got to get them to go to church. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying this. God is pressing upon me, saying, Kenan, you guys have done a great job. Around the book of Revelations, God always gives you the good news, then he gives you the bad. So you guys have done a great job. You guys have grown tremendously. You guys have conquered the love problem. You guys have conquered racism. You guys uh, don't have issues with finances. You guys are... You guys have produced this great ground. You accept people the way they are, and you, and you help them become who I want them to be. You guys have done an amazing job. You stood together through pandemics, and they, when your tragedy happened, the church did not buzz. You guys have a great place, but there's so many people out there that they're around every day, and either they don't see it, or they don't care, or they don't love enough, or they don't know how. You got to help them be fruitful. Because time is running out. People are lost like never before. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to church to get salvation. That's right. So the Pharisees went, why is Jesus talking to all these sinners? And Jesus went, because that's who I came for. Amen. Come on up. Everybody close your eyes for me real quick. Just Lord, pour the oil on us, God. Help us spark the evangelistic system into our souls. Help us to have such a burden for those who are lost. Help us to see the difference that we can make, oh God. Help us to conquer our fear that we might not know enough or, or they might shun me or they might reject me. Or 
to get past the worry that, oh, they're going to think I'm this holy roller now and I'm this Bible thumper. and Help us to get past. They're not going to take it from me. That's what Moses told you before you sent them back to Egypt. They're not going to hear me. Lord, I pray that the urgency for those that are lost will override all those fears. So I can see Tim out on the job and when these co-workers, he, I can see Tim just wearing them down and just letting them see his light, but also speaking the, the gospel. And so I can see Auntie who has to minister to people when they come for help. And I can see her going, yes, we can help you, but let me tell you about something else that can help you. I can see Courtney, hallelujah, helping these old people and figuring things out, but yet and still, you might enlighten her, her and her co-workers might need to know, you might be able to tell her to get this one person that she really has a heart for before she passes away. I can see my uncle and Lord as they get on his bus and they, I can see that one guy that sits behind them might be that one, that one time, that one time. I can see Vanessa out at the store and this lady and her standing in line and then it's just that one time I can see Mark who's got such a heart for young people. Just give him that one time. I can see Chris, who's been praying for her husband forever, just casting her net one more time. I can see little Blake at the school just one more time. I can see Amanda talking to other young women her age, going, nah, you don't understand something. Let me help you understand something. I can see Matt going about his day, but just somebody just drops into his heart. You see what I'm saying? I can see Sarah talking to some young mother when she's talking about how hard it is to her child and her young marriage. I can see Sarah go, here's your hope. I can see Sam going to help a friend fix a car, but really it ain't about the car. I can see Chris, who runs his mouth quite often. Just no problem, just sharing the gospel. I can see my cousin, that they come into a store, going, yeah, you, this costs this much. In fact, take it for free, because in Jesus' name. I can see Sandy at the hairdresser, Lord, just sitting next to this one person. And it could be that one shot, one shot. I can see Lainey sitting with somebody she's trying to help at work. It could be that one shot. I can see Mark working next to that guy for so long. He might be the only, only shot. I can. I can see Jen just, just cleaning someone's teeth, but she's probably the only shot. I can see Nicole, her co-workers, just talking about everything else but Jesus. And Nicole goes, no, nah, I got I to gotta help save your life. I got to send you a lifeline. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You guys get it now? You guys get it? I can see my brother out in the world making a difference. I can see my sister saying, no, I got it figured out. You, you don't have to be scholars. I can see Roxanne going, yeah, how you want this slice? You want this thin or you want it thick or... But let me, let me tell you something. Why are you crying, lady? Why you look so sad? I 
can see Kimberly going, I'm tired of you. You, you better understand who this is. I just can't keep talking. I just need you. I can see Rita, a little self, just somebody just come across her path. And Lord, I know she's been praying for her family. Know you've been praying for your mom. Know you've been praying for your dad, your brothers, sisters, your husbands. <laughs> Those hard-haired rascals, man. Cast your net one more time. <laughs> Let's see what we get. Let's see what we get. Actually, cast your net, babe. Lauren, throw your net out there. God didn't put you guys out there just to make money. And he put you in a situation where people come to you for help. Just to get natural help. Some people need spiritual help, man. Maria, cast your net. Holly, cast your net. Just cast your nets, man. All the kids who are still upstairs today, don't be ashamed of who Jesus is. I don't want Julie to be a preacher. I think it's too hard, but that's not up to me. It's up to God. But one thing I will, I will always pray, he will be a difference maker down here, though. Whatever he does. He'll do it in Jesus' name. Mike might go to someone's house to check the land out, but you know what? Really, he sent them there to cast a net. The Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. What I got in me might be your only hope. So Lord, right now, anoint them. Anoint everybody under my voice right now. Anoint them, oh Lord, to make a difference out there. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart to love. And a determination to see that thing through. And Lord, all the glory and praise will be yours in Jesus' name. Come on, let's do communion, come on.